0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome in. Dennis Fithian, podcast number six. Ready to get things underway. And we got Matt Derry with us here, Detroit Radio veteran, hosts uh, Locked on Lions pod and Wired Pistons. And he's on the other end of the line. What's up, D's?
1: Dennis, podcast number six already. You're rolling.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, they say they make your, your biggest improvement game one and game two. That wasn't the case with the podcast, and I'm just ready to get them on all the platforms there. So I just keep trying to crank them out, man.
1: Good for you, man. It's great to hear your voice. And look, uh, we, we got enough enough going on. It's, it's obviously a very weird time. And you know, we're, we're dying for some sort of sports the draft was fun uh, certainly last weekend, and you know, this Jordan thing is unbelievable. So
0: <laughs> the Jordan thing is uh, incredible. If there, if sports was going on, it would be about as it, tenth of the uh, the controversy and talk. But meanwhile, there is no, there are no sports, so uh, it, it did get a lot of a play. And of, of course, last week, uh, this last weekend with episode three and four, because it was the bad boys. And uh, I saw a tweet that you had about uh, enough, man. This is, this is a tiring story about uh, Isaiah (laughs) and not shaking the bulls hands and everything. It it is the top story about that era though.
1: Oh my God. No, I just, I think I said, the Isaiah MJ handshake thing is it's getting right up there on the pantheon of old bits. Uh, You know, it's right up there with uh, Michigan's banners were taken down. uh, uh, Dimensions at Comerica park. uh, Ford should sell. I mean,
0: you know. Yeah, it's, it's, will it's, Don Brown right will Don Brown stay aggressive on defense? I mean, <laughs> how's uh, how's Michigan doing in football recruiting? You know, compared to Michigan State, <laughs> you know, I, I feel you on that. It's it's funny since it's been so many years. You go back and without looking at, just trying to remember yourself if you're old enough and and you know, I was going. and, Of course, I remember. I remember getting upset that everybody else was like, "Oh, we're just going to really." Uh, focus on uh the handshake at the end and you know what? if you're a piston fan you can be like yeah you know what it, it wasn't classless it, it was classless it, it wasn't good sportsmanship but you know that's the way they rolled and they did it and they uh were unapologetic and lambeer still is and let's go
1: you know that's the one thing about bill and you know if anyone's ever been around bill lambeer gotten to know him and i obviously i know him a little bit i filled in many years ago doing some shock games on the radio and he's just, you know, such a ball buster and he has his moments, but with Bill, you know, he's not going to pander. He's not going to change. And, you know, Isaiah's kind of, you know, I think he's, he's kind of playing both sides at times. I think he, he was real yesterday certainly about it. And look, I mean, he and Jordan, uh, you know, there's egos there on both sides. So it's, it's it's funny to see the Chicago people going crazy, the Detroit people, obviously uh, defending the bad boys and why not? I mean, Dennis, this is so much fun to still talk about, even though I I did kind of say it's getting old, but I mean, the rivalries were unbelievable. And right now, um, you know, there's, 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 you know, there's, there's nothing like that now, you know, Carmelo and LeBron hug, LeBron and D Wade hug, uh, you know, the, 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 the respect that Kawhi had for LeBron, vice versa. You know that that, that that there is some hatred in the NBA. Obviously, you know Durant, Westbrook had their little spat for a while and all that. But uh uh no, I mean we're you know we miss those kind of days. Now everybody's handshaking and hugging, no matter what the sport.
0: Yeah, I came to terms with it when it was the going to work Pistons and, and Larry Brown and, and Pop are going out to eat before game one. I'm like, really? And then in the previous series, uh, you know Sheed's, Uh, watching TV with Jermaine O'Neal. And I'm like, uh, I want the bad boys, Isaiah and and Michael weren't going out and playing golf, you know, before the Eastern conference finals.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's nuts, but you know, I think we, we definitely miss, um, you know, I, I think we definitely miss those days. I mean, you know, you and I could sit here and be like, all right, and I've been here since 96 and you've been here your whole life. Like, who's the Detroit rival now? You know, I think we, we yearn for the days of wings abs. We yearn for the days of tigers, blue Jays. I mean, tigers tribe has its moments at times, but those two teams are never good at the same time. No, you know Who's the lion's biggest rival right now? I mean, you know, the hatred for the Packers, the bears, I, I get it. But like, there's nothing like, you know, the Pistons, Bulls, Pistons, Celtics, like I guess wings abs. We're, we're just yearning for any sports at all right now. But when we get out of this thing, we're, we got to go back to what what do what we really have? I mean, I guess Michigan, Michigan State, that's probably the best right now.
0: Yeah, and if uh, if Michigan could ever beat Ohio State, that would come roaring back. Wings and Pens were there for a minute, but the Wings yep. weren't able to to hold it up. I just look back, you know, you you want your team to be respected, and you want people nationally to to give them some you know re- respect and when it was bird and magic, it was the coast, it was race, it was everything. And then MJ was such a a phenom and David Stern, you know, they, we know that they really wanted him and you have to be honest about the Pistons. They played a brand of basketball that we loved and that we responded to. And it was like, uh, yeah, man, bad boys and everything else. But that, that, that didn't play nationally. Let's, let's play really hard defense and, and play team ball. Uh, it, It really is a star league. So I know, like, you know, trying to tell Piston fans, like, what they are and, like, what they think, you know, the, a lot of them don't care, but uh, it, it was interesting to look back at it and just see the people that, that lived through it and what they remember, and then the people now that didn't have anything to do with it, like, hey, what the hell?
1: Dude, and it was like, you know, they, they didn't include, and Vinnie Goodwill pointed this out, and Terry has pointed this out numerous times, you know, no matter if I worked with Terry at DFN or the ticket. He always used to tell that story about game between games three and four when Jordan trashed the Pistons to some writers and too bad. There's not video of this. Um, and, and basically said they were bad champions, bad guys, undeserving bad for the sport, you know, and then they obviously they went out the next day and, and swept Detroit and one at the palace, but that stuff was left out of the, of, of the, of the documentary, you know, as is Joe D you know, Joe Dumars I think could have provided some levity and, stood in there and said, hey, look, I, I named my son after Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, so it just, they just had, they just had Isaiah, they, 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 you know, John Sally, I guess it was some balance because John did shake some hands, but, you know, kind of was missing a few things for sure.
0: Yeah, I think Joe went out there and shook some hands too, but you know, that doesn't fit yes. like, you know, everybody walking off and they did have, I wish I could see more, with uh, the Celtics when they walked off and the whole thing with, with Isaiah. They did a, do a good job with that, but I saw some Boston fans this week saying, you know what, hey, we were we were on the road. We were doing that for safety. You know, the Pistons were at home. So, I don't know. It's, it always gets back to, like, they did it first, so we did it. You know, those kind of things. Just let it stand on your own. You know, the, the it was clear that Lambeer – that hated the Bulls and he did not want to give them the the respect or the, the, you know, the, the the changing of the guard. They weren't recognizing that. And they, you know, they pouted off and and fine, you know, they did it. And, you know, you can't do anything about it.
1: Still does too. You know, Bill was on a first take a couple of weeks ago and said, LeBron's the best of all time. I mean, he (laughs) refuses to give, I mean, he'll give Jordan some credit, but you know, we were in Boston many, many years ago for Pistons Celtics. Oh gosh, Dennis! I, I want to go back to probably Rick Carlisle's first season. The Pistons, I believe, either beat Toronto or Orlando in the first round. So we we're talking oh, oh two oh three, maybe or oh one oh two when they made the playoff. and they played the Celtics. And there was there were some ugly games, by the way, with Antoine Walker and those guys. Those are games in the '60s. And I was doing pre and post on DFN and doing the, the Pistons the radio stuff. And Lambir was doing TV, if you recall, on Channel 50 with George. And, you know, Bill got booed going into Boston. He literally was like, uh, we spotted Kevin. I don't know if it was Kevin McHale. I'm trying to remember who it was that we spotted a a while far away. And and Bill, like, he didn't want to go anywhere near those people. Like, I'm like, he's like, let me tell you something. If I was in an elevator with Larry Bird right now or Dennis Johnson, I'd get out. Like, I'm like, Oh God, still (laughs) that day, he was getting booed, you know, and he was a Massachusetts guy. That's where he grew up. So it's kind of, kind of funny. That stuff's sweet. You know, I think if, if you asked Bill and Scottie Pippen or something to sit down, they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. And nowadays, it's, that, that stuff's not happening, unfortunately.
0: No, it was one of my best, uh, the best parts about the the Last Dance. There, when they were showing Jordan, you know, they had the phone and the he he he. You know, you could tell him, him and I say, they're, they're not pals. That's never going to be something where. You know they're going to be sitting around when they're seventy years old or whatever else, but uh, it, it's a good time to <laughs> no. have this. on, That's for sure. That's for oh, sure. Oh man,
1: we need we need it so bad, and uh, it certainly provides a lot of a lot of chaos for some people. They get them uh, get them juiced up and riled up to see Jordan again. And uh, for me, it was kind of funny personally because they showed the Cavs stuff, and it was it was not much of it. But you know, the Bulls knocked the Cavs out of the playoffs. Lenny Wilkins led Cavs I think four times. Four. And the, the, the famous one was obviously the second year when they knocked the Cavs out was in 89 and uh, Jordan hit the shot. He had the, he had the shot two that they didn't haven't shown yet over Gerald Wilkins. I was at that game. I was at the shot one game over Elo. And then I was my junior year of high school. I got four seats. We sat like back then it was like six or seven rows of the floor behind the basket and uh, sat there for the 69 point game. Um, my so that must have been nine March of nineteen ninety. So that dude just tormented the Cavs, but they they didn't spend too much time on Cleveland because they beat him every time.
0: No, they did have Ron Harper, you know, lamenting yeah. the, the switch yeah. there. That that was a great quote, and just seeing Mark Price, man, I was a Mark Price guy coming out of Georgia Tech, and then with those Cavs teams, man, uh, you you just saw him maybe for for five seconds on that uh, on that clip too, or the on the that's right on the last dance.
1: Rick Mahorn, Rick Mahorn, elbowed Price in the head one year and knocked him out for the season. And uh, first time Rick and I really ever became friends or spoke when we were working together on the radio side, I was just like, "Dude, you ruined an entire year for me." You know, I think it was my senior high school. And he's like, "Don't care, we'll do it all. We'll do it all again." You know, he ran into it. I'm like, "You know, that's just classic, Rick." Uh, But uh, those are those are some great battles, man.
0: Richfield Coliseum days too. Uh, very believable, that story that you just told about Mahorn and <laughs> oh, yeah. how, how he would respond. Well, you know, we, we still have a, a few more of those episodes, but the the Pistons one uh, certainly had a lot of people around here dialed in and watching it. And, you know, we have been keeping busy with the with the draft that just culminated over the weekend. And I know, you know, you watch every single move and, and report on it with your your podcast and everything else. Let me ask you this question. If... If Martha Ford and in, in in company didn't put out the, the season ticket holder uh, letter where it was, uh, you know about playoff competition, and then if the Lions didn't go out there and they they didn't sign Chase Daniel, and if they would have told Matt Stafford like, hey, you know this is all a ruse just to end up getting the the value out of that pick, you know you're our guy, we're moving back we're just going to have this hole and there's going to be a lot of talk about you, a lot of talk about you. Do you think that that could have leveraged and, and scared somebody enough where uh, Detroit would have been able to get something, uh, something rather than the flimsy offer that was uh, reported there by Quinn and they would have been able to move back to five or six?
1: You know, I I think Dennis, you bring up a lot of good points. And that question is something that I'm probably going to hit on to myself on a Locked on Lions today is, here we are, it's another year, and the Detroit Lions did not draft a quarterback. Now, the Lions are getting very high marks. Heck, I turned Mike on yesterday, and I heard Valenny say he loved the DeAndre Swift pick, and the Lions did pretty well in the draft. And It's like, if Mike likes a Lions draft, how about that? But, you know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's funny, because you look at it and go, another year without a draft pick, as from a, a quarterback, even if it's a developmental guy, and they've taken a couple of, of you know, I mean, give me a break with, with Brad Kaya. Uh, you know, Jake Rudock, I think, has a chance to always be in the league. Uh, but, but to challenge Stafford, that wasn't going to happen. Um, I'm with you. I, I think the one thing that stands out from this draft, other than the fact that, yes, I do think the Lions did well. I love day two. I thought day two was fantastic. Uh, and I think is going to be really good. But, yes, the game of poker that these general managers have to play when they're high up in the draft, when they're in the top three, top five, top 10, in order to get that elite level talent and leverage the doing the best you can, you're right. There was that missing piece. And I kind of kick myself now and why didn't I do more shows about this myself is how come that poker game isn't being played? How come that game of chicken isn't being played by, by Bob? And, 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 and even, even if he tells his buddy Ian Rappaport, Hey, I got something for you and rap, she puts it out there. Or even if he puts a little nugget out to Burkett or whomever, to say, Hey, listen, not only do we like to, you know, there was that nugget on day two. Um, uh, I forgot who reported it that, uh, you know, I think it was Tom Pellicero said, well, the Lions had a secret meeting mean, the Quinn had a uh, one-on-one meeting with Jalen Hurts. Like, mm. what was that? Like, what, where was that a day earlier? Where was that two days earlier where it was like Bob Quinn flew to in, in February before the, before the virus hit something like that. You're right, Dennis, to get, these other teams interested, you know, Tom Telesco was on with Pat McAfee. i don't think that was today. I just happened to see this clip, the Chargers GM. And he's like, yeah, you know, we would have taken two at six. There was never any discussion <laughs> about, Hey, did you ever call up to three? Because I think these teams went, Ford's love Stafford. It seems like Quinn and Patricia like Stafford. They're married to this guy. They're not taking this kid from Bama. Now, you know, so there was none of that. So you're right. I, I think that was the missing piece in order to leverage it back get more picks and still get Okuda at five or six, which I think they would have done and made it a home run. It looks like a double in the gap. It looks good. I like, like I said, day two is really good. And you know, the Oquara pick, I think is good. I love the two guards. They got put them in there and start them. You know, no offense to Joe Dahl, but let's, let's get some road graders in there and, and run the football between the tackles. But, uh, that is a definite missing angle is the no trade back. I think surprised – I don't think it surprised anybody around the league, but it certainly surprised a lot of the fans.
0: No, I think when, uh, when Dave Gettleman, like the week before, was like, hey, you know what, we're kind of looking at uh, Herbert here. <laughs> it's like, come on, you guys a little bit too late that, to, you know, act like you guys are, <laughs> are jumping in. And, you know, it, it was the same thing with the Lions, you know. They did some FaceTime here with, with Herbert and Tua. You know, it's it just there wasn't enough. Of that, but I agree. You know, Akuda's—he's a, a good player. You just kind of feel like uh, you know, you're—you if you had that extra pick, if you had 39, and you had Okuda, and you, the draft ended up playing out uh, as it did. I think you could have been talking about, hey, everything made sense for the Lions. They got value. They addressed their needs. They—they they have these players. I mean, you see it. And in other years, you didn't see that. I know people didn't like the uh, the Cephas pick. Uh, I saw Burkett gave it a you know an F because he ran a four seven and you know that. But hey, you know what? When it gets to be later on in the draft, to me, it's like these these are where your scouts are are you know these are the guys that they believe in and and it's not so much about the position. It's just about you finding a player that can help this team any way through and. Uh, I liked it all the way through there. I, I think all three guys that they got Akuda Swift, and Aquara—those guys seem like those guys seem like, um, like first-round talents. Of course, Akuda was a first-round talent, but those other two guys seem like they could have been. And then you go guard, guard, create that competition. If one of those guys come through, or if it's Wiggins, to me, I know you have three, but out of those three, you got to be able to get one pretty good one.
1: No doubt. I think Bob's throwing a lot up against the wall and hoping that it sticks. And look, he should. I mean, the last two years have been an unmitigated disaster. They won nine football games, which is unacceptable. And I don't. You know, you look up and you go, okay. They say Stafford's healthy. You got Kenny Galladay, who obviously they're they're saving some of that thirty million dollars of the cap to probably resign and give some big money to. All of a sudden, your offense looks really, really good if Swift can play a little bit. But go win. I mean, look, this division. You know, a week ago we went. Man, this will be hard to win games in this division. The Bears had it down here and, and still won eight games. Minnesota's really good. Green Bay made the playoffs. Um, and now you look at it and you go, Minnesota had like thirteen draft picks, fourteen. Like they had none tons of draft picks. They did a nice job. Yeah. The Packers and Bears draft Dennis were were, were were crazy. What are the Packers doing? Like, are you ser- Are you trying to push Aaron Rodgers out? And look, Aaron Rodgers is not the same Aaron Rodgers. We know that, but he's still a damn good quarterback and you drafted his replacement. Then you took an H back. Like, what are you doing? Like that was that, that Packer draft is not the Bears signed Jimmy Graham. They've got 15 tight ends on the team. And with their first pick in the second round, because they don't have a first rounder. tight So it's like, wow, the lions that might actually be making some progress, but we've seen this uh, dog and pony show before. Hopefully this is, well, it is the start of something. You got some money into the cap. Go get Marcel Darius. Go get Everson Griffin. Imagine adding Griffin to this mix. Why not? Go
0: sign him. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're asking me, and I think by you just saying that, I think I know where you stand. I think everybody knows it. It's no big secret. The what's the what's the one thing after all of this that you'd like to see some improvement? It's that pass rush where you can feel. A, a little bit better about it and getting a guy like Griffin. Yeah, that would do it. You know, to me, like if you put the, if it'd be a real, you know, radio call in question. How much <laughs> slack did Quinn buy himself? How much more time did he buy himself, you know, by having the draft that he had and we're like no time, but it, it did feel like uh, a couple of things There, I don't know what you thought, but that both Quinn and Patricia, they end up getting wins out of the draft. Not just, you know, a lot of it is what they did there and it, it made sense. And, they let it come to them and everything else. But they ended up looking like regular guys there. You know, they're, they're hanging with their kids. They were all smiles. They look like real people. And that goes a little bit away. And then you have the draft there. But, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't buy him time. But people just, I think, feel good about him rather than after a draft saying, oh, these guys completely screwed it up. At least now you feel like, hey, man, they, they, they did a decent job. And, you know, they came off, uh, you know, as good guys. And, you know, you, you just feel right. good. Where a lot of other times you haven't. I didn't feel like that last year.
1: Oh, my god, dude, this is like, this coronavirus pandemic is, and it's so weird to say this, but I'm going to say it. Like, it's almost good for the Lions because, number one, they were at the Senior Bowl and got their hands on these guys, and only them and the Bengals got to do that. That's number one. Number two, so now they're at home. So I'm not saying they could use it as an excuse, but let's say their rookies don't perform the way that we think they should. What are they going to tell, Bob and Matt, what are they going to tell Martha and Sheila? Well, we didn't have an off-season program, we didn't have OTAs, we didn't have, uh, uh, you know, the, um, you know the, the, the workouts, we didn't have a rookie symposium. Of course, they're behind, so that'll be an excuse. And you're right, watching it on TV, there's, there, there's Patricia with a pencil and his son next to him, uh, <laughs> smiling it up. Bob's on these Zoom calls with the writers, and I, 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 I chimed in, I, I wasn't on the calls, but I watched them all. He's hobnobbing with the guys, he's talking about Justin Rogers' Zoom background, he's he's yucking it up with Wojo and Jen Hammond, like you see this side of Bob and Matt, and it's like, Wow, if Martha sees this, she's gonna go, See, I've seen that side with them before, but now we're all getting to see it. This might buy them some more time. <laughs> what if they go six? what if they go six and ten this year? People are gonna go, Oh, that's it, they're out and Martha might go, you know, we've had we had, the, we had the pandemic, and we had this, and we had that. Maybe we need one more. It wouldn't surprise me in the least. You know, those guys, those guys you're right. They, they bought themselves some time. They looked good the other day.
0: Yeah, it was like Auspice when he was, uh, you know, took off his hoodie and, and covered up home plate. And finally, people are like, there you go. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it feels like 9-7 and seven right now. And, and then the mantra can be, actually, 9-7 and seven was good enough. That's what it kind of feels well, like uh, to me, but you know what? Well, want...
1: Go ahead. They're adding another. They're adding another playoff team in each conference. So who knows? You know, I mean, it could be. Uh, <laughs> it could be the Lions vying for that third wild card, and that would be good enough for the Fords. They would say, <laughs> "Well, we want them to play meaningful games in December," and they are. But in reality, that you know, third wild card wasn't even there at the time that they made that proclamation. So who knows?
0: And somewhere Jim Caldwell's kicking a can. Are you kidding me? Nine <laughs> and seven wasn't good enough. But you know to your last point there, uh, Matt, that w- with with no OTAs and everything, it does seem like uh, with Okuda, whatever the position demands of being a corner, maybe he's not out on an island day one and everything. But and and Quinn said that you know he expects him to start from day one. I think people can expect well, that. He, and, he better. Yeah, and with a running back, it's not like Swift has to come in. And, uh, I, I, who doesn't like a, a pairing of? Of, of swift and, and carry on johnson you know that that seems like he can get up to speed pretty quick and aquara while you know you don't expect him to you know to start uh, necessarily in a game one situation you do expect him to play and be a situational uh brush edge so yeah i mean there's your those are your top three guys after that who knows i mean uh, out of one of those guards and and one that you have yeah you're g- you're going to get one of those starters so i think even with the who knows how it's going to play out this summer. They seem to be in a pretty good spot with how they've, you know, with how they picked.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. And, and like you said, the two guards were definitely intriguing. Uh, you know, I didn't love the fifth round running back from Mexico state up, thought that was weird. Why not just take Bradley and I right there, the guy sitting on the board, he's dropping like a stone. You coached him at the senior bowl and he's in the, more of a position of need to the running back, but who knows, maybe this kid's the next kick returner and Jamal Agnew is out. I
0: yeah. I don't know.
1: I, you know, I'm not sure they're thinking there, but all in all you look at the depth and you do see an improvement. The question is, is it quality depth? You know, you replace Slay with funds. You could tell us all day, you know, Bob can tell us all day. Well, oh, we got two picks out of the deal and blah, 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 But did you get better losing Darius Slay? Did you get better losing a Sean Robinson? Did you get better losing Graham Glasgow? Now those guys didn't win you anything. I get that, but, Darius Slay's been the best player on your team, not named Matt Stafford, if you want to have that argument, for the last few years. We always thought he had a down year last year, still made the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, Trufant's coming off an injury. Uh, then you got a rookie on the other side. Not that Okuda's any rookie. He's you know he's gonna be the man. But you know, with all this added depth, a new guy. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge Jamie Collins fan. I'm not 10 million a year from him. I'm not gonna go crazy over. But hopefully he's going to be an upgrade from Devon Kennard. He, he better be. He's, you're paying him to do that. Um, so it, you brought up Julian O'Quaro What about his brother? I mean, Romeo two years ago was the man. And you're like, wow, who's this guy? And he was great. And then the next, last year, was even on the field? Like, you know, they could not get to the passer. And there were games I was looking for 95. Like, is this dude playing? <laughs> so yeah. maybe having his brother there will push him. I, You know, I think these are all things that the Lions... You know, from a hope standpoint, you go, man, there is some depth now. Uh, the question is, is it good enough depth? I mean, you know, uh, Will Harris, how good is he going to be? Because you lost Diggs. Uh, how big of a hit is that still going to be? Or is that kid going to step up and, and be something? Or is Daron Harmon going to be better than Diggs? He, wouldn't it be nice if he was, Dennis? <laughs> you know, I mean. Yes. Yeah, and you know. Because with go ahead
0: i was going to say to your to your uh your last point i mean they got some some safeties there yeah it, it would be it would, it would nice it would be nice if if Tracy Walker who i thought was a reach you know ends up being the best out of all those guys
1: i like him you like him yeah I think he's a good player i, I it's funny you're right because every year there's always that one picket you go what's bob doing you know this year it's the the, the 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 huntley kid the running back but then even that year when they took tracy Walker two years ago you're like wait a minute Why is why, why are you taking a safety here? What are you doing? I think the kid can play. So that's, that's one. That's, you know, there haven't been a ton of, again, we talked about it. Other than Galladay being an alternate in the pro bowl. And he got in after about, you know, six guys canceled out on going. Other than that, how many Bob Quinn draft picks have, have gone to Hawaii or, or wherever they play this stupid pro bowl, but how many have been named pro bowlers? You know, I, I guess you want to count Galladay fine. But other than that, I mean, it, that's, does, you've got got to be a Pro Bowler, not this coming year, but maybe next year. You know, you got to—it's got to be some elite talent finally here because you can have a bunch of good guys, but you have know, Brady and Belichick. Patriots had a bunch of good guys, but they had Tom and they had Bill, and that's—and they won. So. Lions don't have
0: that. Well, I know you get some of those uh, lion bloggers will say, hey, what about Agnew? He was all pro. That's even better than me. a oh, pro yeah, <laughs> but That's just, that's just that's one. Dry, but you... I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> You're right. He was, a, he was a pro bowl specialist. You know, but I think the biggest point out of all this, after they, they, they had a draft and they, they seem like they did a good job, is that they still have – I think it's maybe the second most cap space. I, I saw that story over the cap. Correct. Had yeah. That. Yeah. So you're sitting there. I know you mentioned Darius already, but defensive tackle, defensive end, you you have that much cap room. There's a lot that you can do to improve this team between now and whenever they get anything going. And to me, that's this, this is their little trump card, ace of the hole, whatever you want to say. They're sitting here with at least two more moves and a pretty big pretty big-time name. Not that it has to be a pretty big-time name. You hope they're a big-time player, but big-time player, big-time name. They've got a chance to go hit two home runs here.
1: I don't see why not. Uh, there's nothing... I mean, Everson Griffin has been t- terrorizing the Lions forever and still has some mileage left on the tires. Uh, whether it's another offensive lineman, whether it's you know another defensive back, um, I don't see why not. What's interesting about what the Lions have been doing over the last couple of years, they've waited late to make some additional signees they've had room under the cap the last few years and look when you win six games and then you win three games I don't know what their money situation looks like now people are going to say don't cry poor for the Fords what are you talking about no these teams that make a lot of money and still have the season ticket revenue and still have all the people coming to their stadium and still have uh some local tv deals that are very very um, you know, it, 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 that, that bring in some good expenses for them. They're the ones still spending and the lions haven't had an extra playoff gate. Well, I mean, the lions haven't hosted a playoff game since the nineties, so,
0: 93.
1: So those playoff gates are missing. And then that forces you to not have that bonus money and that cash to be given these guys at signing. So, just keep that in mind. I mean, people are like, oh, you're cr-. it's not a conspiracy theory. I'm, I've looked into this, and I truly believe. I'm not saying the Forts are bleeding money. I'm not saying the Lions are losing money. But I don't think it's a cash cow that it has been. I think there's been empty seats. There's been the last two years of frustration. Um, you know, the experience now people staying home, you know, uh, and, and wanting to watch the games at home and watching Red Zone. Keeps people away from the stadium. I think Ford Field is awesome. I'm a huge proponent of the stadium. I think it's great. I love that the Lions poured in a lot of money into it. Um, but kind of interesting the last year is that the Lions have had all this cap space. Why is that? Well, I think my theory holds some water. They're maybe maybe they don't have that bonus money that you know necessary to uh, hand out right now, and that comes from revenue. It does.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Matt, if they really get in dire straits, and this is more on the automotive side, and they need some aluminum for some of those trucks, man, the oh, way geez. I've been going through these beers and everything, I got I got a lot out <laughs> in the garage there. I got a lot of empties for them, so uh, <laughs> good for a chassis. I was, I, was, I was
1: talking to my wife about that this morning, and I uh, hope uh, MAB and the crew is good at your house, but the, uh, we were talking about that. And I said, I think we've been, you know, ever since this uh, pandemic started in the stay at home, I think we've been drinking more. And she's like, I don't think so. She's like, we've had a glass of wine at night. And I'm like, I think it's been more than once uh, during the, during the week. You know, it's you're, you're right. It's just, uh, you know, I get shout out to some of these people that have these uh, liquor stores that deliver and stuff and these companies that they're, they're doing great. So they, you're right. There's plenty of cans and, Aluminum out there that uh, that are, are sitting in people's uh, garages right now that need to be taken back to the Kroger recycle.
0: Well, we're only seeing just you know a, a little bit of the stories of what's going on with this pandemic. Who knows how everyone's going to handle it and come out of it? But uh, you know, we have podcasts to sit around and and uh, and talk about some of the fun stuff. I really appreciate your time, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm listening in. Uh, I'm, I'm a big I'm a big Matt Dairy fan, so. All the best. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, before we get to summer, we can do it again. Go back and talk about the old days.
1: Dennis, we had great times uh, when we worked together. Always uh, love hearing from you. And uh, maybe one of these days, uh, you and I will be on the task force together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe we can get, uh, you know, Rob Murphy and talk about the old uh, Q's days, you know, right? You know, oh, hey No, nobody, see, that's the thing I miss about working with you and talking to you
1: every day back in the old days. Is we, we you would, I knew I could throw any college basketball stuff at you, whether it was mid-major or, you know, if I said let's uh, let's head down to the con- the convocation center, uh, you, you'd be up for it. Uh, you know, you, you got to do it. It's uh, it's good stuff. I know you're keeping an eye on. On uh, Juwan Howard's recruiting classes, oh. Who, who's going to the G League now instead of playing college basketball. Poor college basketball, man. It's it's taking such a hit. It sucks.
0: Yeah, I love college basketball. And it would be nice if, uh, you know, Juwan, uh, uh, he, he's going after those five stars. He's going to keep doing it. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, you will be able to uh, reel a couple of them in. Losing two within uh, 24 hours was hard to take. I can tell you that much.
1: Yeah, it sucks, and then these guys going to the G League, I get it, they're going to get paid and, and spend a year there and then get drafted, but it just takes away from guys like you and me that just love seeing good college hoops to watch the you know, the Big Ten the Big Ten, ACC stuff on a Wednesday, Super Tuesday with the SEC, Big Monday, I mean, come on, man, I mean, the, the, you know, when I get a chance to watch my Q's boys at seven and then my brother's Kansas guys at nine, I love Big Monday, I mean, I, I, I love that stuff, and right now, the, the quality of play and the quality of, of caliber of a kid, and then you know, guys like Greg Campy, who I've known forever, is losing these guys at Oakland. These guys are all transferring out of all these mid-major schools. Once they have one good year, then they just leave. It just sucks. It's uh, it's tough to be a college uh, hoops coach and fan right now. The rosters are changing like crazy.
0: Yeah, well, I, I'm not quite to the spot where I'm ready to say, yeah, let's go see the, you know, Grand Rapids tires, you know, fire up against the Sioux Fall Ants or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. Maybe oh, I will be man. one day. Maybe I will be. Bro, All we, right, we're dying for any. We're
1: dying for anything right now, brother. You know that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I watch actually, you know, two ants for real. You know, going at it and racing. That's uh, what I've been reduced to. Hey, uh, appreciate Whoa. your time. Uh, I know you'll keep working and uh, you know keep safe and everything. All the best to you.
1: You too, Dennis. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. See you, D's. All right, brother. All right, take care of yourself. There he is, Matt Derry. Here on podcast number six, an O to Al Kaline. Didn't even get any baseball questions in there to Matt Derry, which I think is his favorite sport, even more than college basketball and, and football. I think uh, I think baseball. But if I had started talking about the tribe, we'd have gone another half hour. We'll do that again. All right, uh, that's number six. It's number seven coming up this week. Thanks for listening. Dennis Fithian saying so long.